Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Daydon Tolbert Show. I am your host, Daydon Tolbert. This is Ask Daydon Advice Lunch Hour. Uh, if you guys have been tuning in the last few weeks, you know that I'm now doing this show every Thursday at noon. So uh, you guys can listen live or you can, uh, you know, check out the archives online. Um, today I want to talk a little bit about uh, Monique, uh, who has been in the news lately uh, for her uh, call for the black community to uh, protest Netflix uh, regarding uh, racial and gender inequality in Hollywood. I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, I want to talk about the government shutdown. I want to talk about um, that we had a huge debate uh, yesterday about Obama, the Obama family. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about sex dolls, uh, this new or maybe not so new phenomenon that we're, you know, seeing out here in the community. Um, and also I want to talk a little bit about, uh, I'm continuing my series on finding love in 2018. And um, I want to focus today on uh, the friend zone, how to avoid that, how to recognize that, you know, what that's all about. You know, talk a little bit about uh, friends with benefits. We see a lot of that going on on a, you know, social media and things like that. So just want to talk about a lot of uh, a lot of things entertainment-wise, politically, socially. Um, there's some things going on uh, with, with race relations, is, you know, with Donald Trump and the whole uh, immigration reform, uh, you know, debate that led to uh, this most recent government shutdown. So I want to talk about that. Um, I'm going to continue my conversation on uh, Oprah Winfrey and, and her, her, her speech last week. I realized that I did a whole show on it uh, last week, but I realized there were some things I didn't get a chance to discuss and some key points I wanted to make regarding uh, just what that that speech meant for our community and, and you know some some takeaways from it. So uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, today's show, guys, is brought to you by uh, my new book, actually, uh, Redefining Greatness: The Virtuous Woman's Guide to Love. And um, just look out for it. I mean, you know, I feel like. You know, it's almost done. It, it, I feel like it's going to uh, really reinvent, you know, the the dating and relationship, you know, that whole – we've been seeing a lot of books and, you know, audio books and TV shows and magazine articles just on, you know, what to do, how to date. When, you know what I mean? It's going to reinvent that, invent that whole genre, all right? It's the virtuous woman's guide, not the freak's guide to love, not the – you know what I mean? But the virtuous woman's guide to love, what to do from a, a biblical standpoint, but also, if you know me, uh, from a real standpoint. So look out for that in 2018. Uh, and, and this Valentine's Day, I want to encourage everybody to pick up your, your copy, download your copy of my, new, uh, my uh, award-winning novel, The Love We Had. Uh, you can get it on Kindle for uh, $2.99. Let me, let me, I want to uh, first, like I said, I have a lot to talk about today, but before I get into it, um, I've got to say shout out to the Eagles. You know what I mean? I'm from Philly. So uh, shout out to the Eagles. We're going to the Super Bowl, and I got to uh, put this prediction out there. I believe, not because I'm from Philly, but just I believe from a strictly football standpoint, the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl by a score of 24 to 17 or somewhere around there. It's not going to be a blowout. Um, but I do believe it's going to be a, a fairly low-scoring game, and uh, we're going to pull it out 24-17. That's my official prediction, so look out for that. Shout-out to the uh, the Eagles. Um, like I said, so 
But I mean, we'll start with the politics. You know, I, I mentioned this a few weeks ago. You know, we, we had a government shutdown. Um, we, the government, you know, this country is in serious need of uh, immigration reform. Um, you know, and, and I, so I, I support that. I like some of the things that are going on to, you know, jumpstart this conversation about immigration reform. But I do not agree that, you know, families should be broken up the way they have been. I don't agree that um, people should be deported um, that have been here for their whole lives. I don't, I don't agree with that. Um, but I do believe that um, hopefully we can work together um, to, to have some significant uh, immigration reform that, that works for, you know, everyone, really. Um, one thing, I don't have a lot to say about that, but I, what I will say is, what, really what I've been saying is we have to stop criticizing any and everything the government does strictly based on who's in the Oval Office, okay? We have to understand that presidents change, however, the agenda stays the same. The, you know, there is an agenda to keep us oppressed, depressed. We have to understand that the government is not for us. The system is not failing us because it wasn't designed to help us. It wasn't designed to uplift us. There is an agenda. That agenda will not change. It has not changed. It will not change, no matter if it's Trump, if it's Obama, Bush, whoever is in there, Oprah 2020. We have to look at, you know, what's important to us and fight for those things. And those things, if you really understand how the, the system works, it's never going to uh, coincide with the government, you know what I mean? And which brings me to my next point. What, I think back to Dr. King. I think back to Malcolm X. You know, you guys ever notice that the greatest leaders, think back, the, I mean, the greatest leaders, the greatest black leaders, you know, Paul Robeson, you know, uh, I mean, everyone, you know what I mean? Like King, Malcolm X, Marcus Garvey, you know, they were never, if you really think about it, they were never out here championing, you know, for a particular political party. You know, what, what political party was Malcolm X? What, what political party was, was Martin Luther King? Like, that's not what they're remembered for. They were, nobody was out here. They were civil rights leaders, right? They were people who were fighting for us, fighting for our rights. Nowadays, we have people looking towards the government. It's amazing. People are looking towards the government. They're looking towards the political process to change their lives. And it's like, that's not, that's not the answer. The political process is not the answer for our change. You can't, I mean, no, no disrespect to Obama or anybody else, but he's not the answer. You cannot be a part of this system that's oppressing us and look to that same person who's a part of it, willingly and knowingly a part of it, looking for them to help you out of this situation. That's not how it works. You know what I mean? Martin Luther King was out here talking about black rights, civil rights. Malcolm X was talking about, look, this is what we will no longer tolerate. You know what I'm saying? You, they, they were not here to uplift the Democratic Party. You know what I'm saying? The Republican Party. Now all I hear people talking about is Republicans versus Democrats. Where are our black leaders? Where are the black spokespeople who are, who are here to say, you know what, we're not going to – we see what you're doing and we're not going to take that anymore. But I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you're a Republican. You are part of the system that has historically and systematically been oppressing us. That's what we have to And it's amazing. You got people like Oprah, prime position as a billionaire 
entrepreneur, media mogul who has all the power in the world to, to, to be able to ironically actually bring about change. But now she wants to throw all that away and, and put herself into the actual system that's been oppressing us. So understand these things, guys. Like it's not us versus each other. It's really, at the end of the day, us versus them, them being the system. Okay. So over in the Friends of the Data on Talbert Show group, and I, want, I couldn't wait to talk about this. Um, there was a discussion, there was a debate. I posted a, a picture of Malia Obama um, twerking. Um, there's a video circulating as well. Um, she was twerking and lifting up her skirt, you know, basically exposing her, uh, you know, her butt, her ass. Uh, and, you know, I just put the caption, you know, Barack and Michelle must be so proud. And almost immediately, you know, the comments started coming in. Um, I mean, forget the Bible verses that I posted that morning. There were no comments in there. But, like, you say something about the Obamas, it's like people just flock. And it, I, I found it to be interesting because I wasn't saying that, you know, Malia is a horrible person. I wasn't saying that she's going to hell. I wasn't saying that we should stone her. To, I wasn't saying anything like that. But you had people saying, you know, leave her alone, let her live. She's just a kid. She's just having fun. She's in college. And my, my question is, like, because I have a daughter. You know, I have a daughter. I have a son. Um, and I know, and I have a sister. And I think back to what my mother, my father, my aunts, you know, what, what they told me, told us growing up. That type of behavior wasn't tolerated, and it darn sure wasn't celebrated. And I think that we need to get back to not, not, it's not about judging, but it's about right from wrong. If we see something, like back in the day, if you saw a kid, two kids fighting, it didn't matter who you were or who they were, you were going to break that up. You know, if you saw someone shopping, we pull them to say, hey, yo, my man, chill with that. Don't, you know what I mean? It didn't matter. That's because we were one community. Now, and my question is, where did we get away from that? You know, if you saw some people showing their ass and, and disrespecting themselves publicly, where, where are the people, whether you said something to them or not, where are the people who say, hey, you know what, yeah, that's, that's not cool. Let's pray for her. Let's, you know what I'm saying? You know, and people saying, well, what did you do when you were in college? I was a whore in college. You know what I'm so, and you guys know me. You've listened to me. You know, you've been listening to me for the last 10, 12 years. I've never been that guy to sit up on a, a on a pedestal or, or to get on a high horse and talk down to me. That's not because I, I'm very transparent with who I am and where I've been. Um, so you guys know that about me. I'm not here to say I'm perfect, but at the same time, I'm not celebrating uh, my my mistakes, my bad decisions. In fact, I'm telling you, like, yo, I shouldn't have done that. You know, I wish somebody would have maybe pulled me to the side and said, hey, look, yo, that really wasn't cool. You know, my parents – you know, yes, they are very proud of me and the things that I've accomplished in life, right? But guess what? There are also other things, many things that I've done in life that they are not proud of me for, and that's okay, right? If my daughter gets, you know, student of the month, I post it on Instagram, I'm proud of that. But I'm pretty sure there are going to be certain things that she'll do I won't be proud of, right? So how is saying, hey, look, in a sarcastic manner, you know, the, the Obama's, Michelle and Brock must be so proud. That's not a bad thing. You, you see what I'm saying? And we have to get away from, um, real, you know, making excuses and justifying things 
in the name of she's just young, uh, in the name of she's in college. Well, guess what? I went to college. I've been to college. Everyone in college is not promiscuous. Everyone in, in college is not showing ass. And that's not to say she's promiscuous before people jump out of the window. It, but, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like certain things. If you're a Christian, if you are a virtuous woman, if you are someone who respects themselves, if you are a parent who is uh, trying to raise their children in a respectful manner, I wouldn't expect you to say, oh, leave her alone. Oh, it's okay. Oh, yeah, she's showing ass on camera. But, hey, it's no, nah, it's not okay. And it's not just Obama, but anybody. It's, it's, it could be anybody. I saw a young girl out here talking about myself. F them, then I guess I'm like, I'm like, she's like seven, saying Cardi B. You know what I mean? Like, where, when did that become okay? And people, it's funny. I look at, I look at, um, I look at the, 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 the Golden Globes, and I hear Oprah up there, and people are so excited about Oprah. They say, wow, she just, you know, she, she, she's saying all these things. But the same people celebrating Oprah, encouraging women's rights and women's empowerment are the same people that made Cardi B the number one artist in the country, made that song number one on the charts. It's, hip, it's hypocritical. It is counterproductive to where we need to be as a people. We got love and hip-hop. We got all these shows that promote negativity, that promote sex and drugs and violence, you know, and buffoonery. And we support them, but then we want to turn around and 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 justify, or, or you know, whatever we want to justify the Malia Obama showing ass. We want to you know love love and hip hop and all that other stuff. But at the same time, you want to love Oprah. You want to you know say, oh, women's rights, Me Too, times up for disrespecting women, times up for this and that. Well, times up. When is the time going to be up for love and hip hop? When is the time going to be up for promiscuity and friends with friends? and not respecting something, and twerking. When is the time going to be up for that? You know, showing ass, twerking, smoking, you know, all of these things. Like I said, I'm not perfect, but it's, you know, I've done, listen, I'm saying, I've done things in my life. I do things in my life that are not okay. Okay, I do things. So that's not, this isn't about me. I do things. But at the same time, I would want people who, are, are, you know, who have my best interest at heart to be like, yo, they don't. That's, you know what I mean? Like, that's not cool. And I, and I say, you know, you're right. People I respect, people I love, you know, you're right. I would not want those people to, oh, you know what? He's just having a good time. Oh, yeah, you know, like, nah. You know, we need to hold people accountable. In fact, that's what the Bible says to do. All right? One of the things I said online, I said, unfortunately, there are more people who justify and make excuses for promiscuous behavior, then there are people who encourage women to respect their bodies by keeping their legs closed. We live in, a, we live in such an overly sexual society where someone saying respect and protect yourselves is the, is the one that's looked at as being out of order. I said that until we reverse this trend, the black community will continue to go downhill. Whether it's, I said online also, I said, and if, you, and if you look at, and a lot of this will be talked about in my new book, Redefining Greatness, but I said, if, whether it's TV, radio, magazines, literature, I said, just about every major media outlet portrays African Americans as uneducated, 
buffoons, criminals, ghetto hoes uh, that don't respect their body, like to fight all the time. I said, but it's no wonder our kids are growing up not knowing right from wrong. You know, you look around, you see mom and dad are nowhere to be found. And, you know what I mean? And so I said, at the end of the day, our children deserve better. Our children don't need someone being their best friend. They don't need someone saying it's okay. It's okay to show your ass. It's okay to twerk. You're young. You're in college. You're only 18. It's okay. Listen, listen to what I do. You guys know what I do. I'm a relationship coach. I've been counseling women for the last 10 to 12 years. All right? Watch this. The vast majority of my clients are, you know, 40, 45, um, late 30s. And, you know, many of them have told me over the years, many of these testimonies I've shared with you, they say, wow, you know, I would have loved to have ran into you or come across your page or heard your show, um, you know, when I was 17, when I was 14. That way maybe I wouldn't be in the situation I'm in now at 45 and single. And so, you know, for the people who, who you know, will say, well, she's only 18, you know, God forbid something happened later in life that she says, wow, you know, I wish I hadn't done that. And that's not, you know, for Malia, that's for anybody. You know, that's for tons of, maybe the thousands of women that I've worked with, you know, who have said that. And one thing I will tell you is that I 100% guarantee you, if that would have been Ivanka Trump, right, or, you know, or even Melania Trump for that matter, you know, showing ass um, and me saying, oh, uh, Donald Trump must be so proud. Not only would there have been no negative comments, but there would have been likes because we have been brainwashed by the media to, one, love people who look like us um, and, and to the point where they can do no wrong and be held accountable for nothing. But aside from that, to, to lash out at anyone who classifies himself as a Republican. And for me, right is right and wrong is wrong, regardless of political affiliation or your last name. Okay? And let's not be hypocritical. And 1 John 4, 3 says, but every spirit that does not acknowledge that Jesus is, from, is not from God, this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. And I want people to just reflect on that. I don't want to get too deep into it, but if you know anything about what that scripture means, if you know anything about the Antichrist, the spirit of the Antichrist, is Obama in it? No, Obama is not the Antichrist, but we are living in a time where the, where the spirit of the Antichrist, meaning you know, people will literally see things that are wrong and say they are right. They will literally see things that are disrespectful, negative, you know, promiscuity, uh, homosexuality, bestiality, pedophilia. These times are here. People will see these things and be like, oh, you know what, transgender, it's fine. It's not a big deal. It's normal. Grow up. Get with the times. Like, that's where we're at where you will see things that 100% contradict what the word of God says, and you will still have people who claim to love God say, nah, it's not a big deal. <laughs> it's cool. You're overreacting. Don't stop. You should stop judging. Well, the Bible says right here, like, what do you mean? It says right there. No, it's, it's still you judging. 
So, I mean, just think about these things. What else is going on out here in the world? One of the things that I, you know, I want to talk about Monique a little bit um, and this whole Netflix, you know, boycotting. But one of the things I'll say first, though, is can we stop the whole boycott thing? Can we get away from that? You know, we we are living in a society where everything is a boycott. I mean, like everything. It doesn't matter if it's Colin Kaepernick, if it's, you know, uh, going to Florida after Trayvon Martin. I mean, literally, you know, it, you're, people want to boycott everything. And, and and these aren't even real boycotts. Like back in the day, Rosa Parks, you know what I mean, organized the boycott. Dr. King, these people organized. Those were real boycotts that actual brought a, actually brought about real change, you know, for things that mattered. Y'all are out here boycotting for millionaires, people who drive Rolls Royces, people who sleep in mansions. I'm not, I don't feel sorry for Colin Kaepernick. Do I feel like he's, he, he, you know, brought attention to a, an issue that absolutely needs attention? Absolutely. But for me to feel sorry because he's a millionaire and can't play football, and there are people dying out here. They're babies starving out here. I don't feel – and again, I have no problem with Colin Kaepernick himself. Like, I like what he's doing. I respect what he's doing. My issue is with the, the people, the people who put him up on this pedestal. Oh, my gosh, I feel so sorry for Colin Kaepernick. What? He's a millionaire. Many times over. Black, I say online, black folk want to boycott everything except these entertainers that do nothing but glorify sex. Drugs and violence, right? Sex, drugs, and violence. Gangs, um, you know, all these hip-hop artists, all these weirdos, you know, running around out here acting like, you know, they're on top of the world. We love those people. We glorify those people. Cardi B, Beyonce, Nicki Minaj, Little Kim. You know, every show on television that shows black women in a negative light, a promiscuous light, an adulterous light, we love these things, being Mary Jane. We love those shows. But nobody wants to boycott those shows. Nobody wants to say, you know what, I'm not going to support that. But we want to boycott Netflix. We don't want to watch football. Are you serious? I mean, seriously. When there are people out here like that actively rap about murder, actively rap about they're a blood, they're a crip, they are, you know, they will kill your children. You know what I mean? Like, even, I mean, even Biggie, your daughter's tied up in a Brooklyn, but you're like, your daughter's tied up in a Brooklyn basement? Like, and we love that stuff. We will put those people on a pedestal for decades and, you know, forever. But we we will not boycott them. We will boycott the NFL. We'll boycott everything but Beyonce, everything but Jay-Z, everything but Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, women out here showing crotch on album covers. And, you know, oh, we're not going to boycott that. Oh, even Christians, watch this. What is the craziest thing in the world? Even Christians will not boycott Kanye West's music after he called himself Jesus. Black folk, Christians will not boycott Jay-Z for trying to make a mockery 
by calling himself Jehovah, Jehovah the Most High. There are no names more sacred than Jehovah, than Jesus. And we have two of the more popular, you know, I mean, they do it all the time, but I am. People call themselves, you know, the most high names, making a mockery, making fun. And we will not boycott that, even as Christians. But don't let, them, don't let somebody disrespect the Muslims. Don't let anybody make fun of Muhammad, Allah, you know what I mean, Farrakhan. Don't let anybody say anything. And it's World War Three because they don't play that. But Christians have become so soft in 2018 that they let anybody get away with anything. I mean, look at all the anti-religious rhetoric that's floating around out here. Nobody says anything to anybody. It's 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 ridiculous. So just think about. Like I said, I, you know, I, like I, I want to talk about Monique. I'm not talk about it right now. I was gonna wait, but I mean. Listen, I, I did a video. Check out my video. Subscribe to me on YouTube. You probably maybe you saw it on Facebook. I did a video um, talking about Monique um, and, and and this whole uh, Netflix boycotting call to action. <clears throat> Monique is, you know, she's she's a celebrity. She's you know, to me, I'm not I need to put this up. I'm not a Monique fan. I am. I don't find Monique to be funny. I have a lot of issues with a lot of the things that she says. I've never followed her at all. Um, now, what I will say is that everyone is making fun of her. Um, she's saying, oh, and they're making videos. They're making memes. You know, they're, they're saying this and that about Monique. I don't. You know, that's why. That's why I want to talk about Monique. I don't even know where to start. There's so much to say about it. Monique is someone who I believe is very, has been very successful in Hollywood. She's been someone who's been successful in comedy. Um, I guess if you look at her in that light, you know, under, uh, using that criteria, one might classify her as a quote-unquote legend, you know, I guess. Um, like I said, I – I'm not in that group because I'm not one of those people who enjoys her. But when you look at Hollywood, people who win awards, people who get specials, whether it's Comedy Central, Netflix, whatever, they go off of resume. And I I listened to Monique's uh, interview on Sway in the Morning, and she made a lot of good points. She made a lot of good points about um, Amy Schumer and how – there is a major pay discrepancy and disparity between the two and between really white women, white comedians, and and male comedians and female comedians. And what can we do to bridge that gap? And that's a major issue. That is not an issue that should be made fun of. Do I I think where it's gotten out of hand is how she wants to handle it. Let's boycott. No one's boycott. I would have told her no one's boycotting. We don't boycott anything, for real. Everyone and their mom is watching the Super Bowl. There is no NFL boycott. Everyone is watching the Super Bowl. If someone tells you they're not watching the Super Bowl because of a boycott, they are a liar. (laughs) They're lying to you. Stop it. Everyone in there. This may be the highest rated Super Bowl in history. All right? Now, but all that aside, Monique is exposing 
And I don't even care about the Netflix thing. But if you guys watch that interview, she's not just talking about the, the money. She's talking about the real Hollywood truth, the fact that you got to bend over or, or, excuse me, get bent over, you know, in many cases, to be successful. you got to allow yourself to be raped, to be molested a lot of times. It, it, I mean, everyone knows that. That's the, you know, this Harvey Weinstein. There are people, why do you think you see all these pictures of Oprah and Trump and Oprah and Weinstein flo- floating around? These are, this is one big family. Monique is one of the people who's been exposing that. That's why she's been blackballed. You got Cat Williams. That's why he was been blackballed. You got people like DMX who've been pretty much, you know what I mean? You know how they did DMX. Like there's so many people in the industry who have been exposing this stuff. And I believe that this whole, nobody, it's, it's a media-driven campaign, uh, really a social media campaign designed to make fun of Monique. But if you really listen, what is she saying that's really so funny? What is she saying that's really so preposterous? I mean, aside from the fact she's the most decorated comedian of all time, aside from that, because that's preposterous, you know what I mean? But, I mean, if you really look at it, she's making a lot of good points. She's making a lot, she's exposing a lot of truth about the industry. And people are so conditioned to just go with the flow, go with what's popular. Don't second guess anything, that they missed the whole point. You know what I mean? We would rather make fun of Monique than be like, wow, you know what? They could have given you more than 500000 You know, they, Amy Schumer, 11 mil, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, 20 mil, all that. Like, no, you're not going to get that amount, but that, 500000 for an Oscar winner, for, you know, for one of, I mean, who, what comedians can you really name female-wise that are bigger or have had more commercial and comedic success than Monique. I mean, I'll, I'll wait. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I said, I'm not a fan, but if you really look at who is the that crossover comedian, if you're a black female, and I'm not talking about you know Tiffany Hay. I'm not not she's new. I'm, I'm talking about people who've been around. Who is that black female comedic trailblazer that should be able to command that type of Chris Rock money? Who is it? I mean, if there's nobody, then there's nobody. But if there is somebody, then it's probably her. If you, I mean, you know what I mean? If we're being honest. So I don't, I mean, I, I don't think we should boycott Netflix. But it, I also don't believe that people should be making fun of her as if she's doing something or saying something that is funny. And I mean, you don't even, you don't even have to necessarily agree with her. I don't agree with everything, but to say, but to laugh at her and to make fun of her for, for saying, hey, look, I deserve to be paid what I'm worth. You know, certainly closer to what Amy Schumer, who is fairly new in the industry. You know, I think that, you know, if you look at one thing she said, she threw out some numbers. Uh, she did a show, a movie called Almost Christmas, which I actually thought was very funny, actually. From what I understand, it was made on a budget of I think like seventeen million, and it went on to gross about forty three million. And then she threw out, you know, she threw out a movie that Amy Schumer did that 
was made with a budget of forty million, but made forty three million for a profit of only three million. So, and I, that stuff doesn't matter, um, I guess, to some people. But when you're looking at marketability, I would think that you know Monique should, you know, if you look at numbers, be worth more than five hundred thousand. I would think. Um, she even said the whole cast of Almost Christmas, Danny Glover, Legend, Monique, I forget who else is in it, uh, even Gabrielle Union, made a million total, less than one million total, the whole cast. So, I, you know, it's, it's obvious that there, there is uh, racial, obviously, uh, racial bias, gender bias uh, in Hollywood, and that's not a laughing matter. I mean, think about it. Oprah gets up here and talks about women's rights, and people love her. Monique gets up here and says, hey, look, where's the gender equality and racial equality? And we make fun? Why? Because we want Oprah to be president? Because she's popular? I mean, what's the difference? It's the same thing. One of the things, and I will say, I mean, as, if nothing else, we should be praying for Monique. Because what people need to understand is that, you know, people out here dying. You know, when you when you get to a place where you start exposing the elite, when you get to a point where you start really putting people on blast, calling people out like uh, Oprah Winfrey, like Tyler Perry, like Lee Daniels, I mean, your life is in jeopardy. People don't, may not look at it that way, but just ask Hillary Clinton, you know, what happens when you start, you know, uncovering the, the wrong things. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of people that aren't here no more after they start investigating and talking to the wrong people about the wrong things. And, you know, when you start exposing people, when you start revealing secret conversations, like she, you know, she said, Oprah called me and, Tyler Perry called me, and when you, if you know anything about the industry, if you, when you betray certain oaths, when you betray certain levels of confidence, you start saying the wrong things, you know, it, it doesn't, it usually doesn't end too well. And, and at minimum, you will be blackballed from Hollywood. But that's, you know what I mean, it, it can get a lot worse than that. Now, Wanda Sykes, I understand, recently came out and said she, uh, as well, was offered less than 500000 to do a Netflix special, but she went ahead and did uh, something else. I think uh, Epics or something like that. She did a comedy special somewhere else. Like, I, I mean, you do what you do. Like, she handled it how she wanted to handle it, but there are other ways and more productive ways to get what you want. But, yeah, man, definitely pray for, pray for Monique. Because, like I said, you never know. Well, one day you're here, one day you're not. So more entertainment news. We, I, and this is kind of going back to what's right and what's wrong. I was watching Wendy Williams uh, the other day. I usually don't watch her at all. But, you know, I, I just happened to see one of her monologues or whatever, or what is it, Hot Topics. And they were talking about Cassie and Diddy and, you know, is she going to marry her? And she went on this whole thing like, well, nowadays you don't even have to. She doesn't even have to marry him. She could just, she should just have, you know, have a kid, you know, have twins and be done with it. And that way you get all the money that you, that you got coming to you 
and you don't even need the ring. I'm just like, and people started clapping. I'm like, why are you clapping for that? You have a woman who is literally encouraging a, another woman, another black woman, to sleep with a man, get pregnant by a man, basically to trap that man for financial purposes. At what point do we as people, as Christians, as people with sense, look at that and be like, you know what, that's not cool. If you want to get married to somebody, cool. If you love somebody, be with them. But don't go into a situation with financial goals in mind. You know, don't go into a situation looking for a come up just because it's Diddy, just because he's a billionaire. Like, obviously, I mean, maybe she loves him. I don't know. But let's not encourage that because it's not about Diddy and Cassie for me. It's not about them. It's about the little girls who are watching that. It's about the teenagers who are watching that. Like, ooh, yeah. Well, the guy I'm dealing with, he's not Diddy, but, you know what I mean? Like, he's got a couple dollars, so, hmm, that's a good idea. You know, maybe I should, you know, maybe just get pregnant, you know, poke a hole in the condom, you know, give him some head to, I mean, whatever it is, and it's like, come on. Back in the day, black women would protest this type of stuff. The love and hip hops, the, you know, Nicki Minaj, Cardi B's, Beyonce. Like, this would not have been going on. But because the media has said it's okay, you know, to be overly sexualized, it's okay to get married for reasons other than love. Where are the morals? Where are the values? Where are the virtuous women? The Bible says, who can find a virtuous woman? You know, I don't know. Because, you know what I mean? Like, it's so hard because you have people like Wendy Williams and all these other people. You know what I mean? Making excuses for obviously hoish, promiscuous behavior. And that's not where we should be at, you know what I mean? Especially not after everything we've been through, fighting for everything that we have. You know what I mean? Fighting, you know, Dorothy Dandridge, Paul Robeson, Frederick Dell, literally fighting for us to even be able to have a voice in the entertainment industry. And now we actually are here, have a little bit of power, a little bit of influence, and we're using that influence to tell people to be hoes. That's not okay. That's not okay at all. One of the things that I, you know, I see floating around out here is these, uh, these sex dolls. And shout out to people listening on uh, on Facebook. I, I I tried it last week. I think I messed it up, but I think I got it working today. Facebook uh Facebook Live. These sex dolls are are, are floating around out here. You know, men are buying, you know, sex dolls, having sex with them. I don't, I don't even know what they're doing. I don't know anything about it, but just other than what I hear. And, and I just really ask myself, like, the funny thing about it, I don't care about these sex. I could, I could really care less. You know why? Because there are people out here getting done up the ass. There are men performing oral sex on other men. There are women, you know, turning into men. There are men turning into women. 
and y'all worried about some sex stuff. None of this stuff is natural. Y'all say, oh, my gosh, he, he, he bought a sex doll. You know what I mean? Like, where, where have you been? Where have you been the last 20 years? I mean, I mean really think about that. The Bible specifically says, you know, it is unnatural for a man to lay with another man and that they will be put to death, to surely be put to death. You know what I mean? But somebody buys a sex doll, oh, my God, it's World War II, he's crazy. He's, but somebody actually does what the Bible says in the Old Testament will have you put to death and something that's unnatural and perverted. And because Barack Obama says, oh, yeah, we should accept this. Clinton says we should accept this. We should pass legislation to make this okay for that. But somebody buys a sex doll. Listen, I would rather somebody buy a sex doll because they find breasts beautiful and they, and they, they find a, a woman's ass phenomenal. I would rather them, uh, you know what I'm saying? Find ple- a man find pleasure in, in in the the physique of a woman, you know what I mean? Even if it's fake, I would rather that than you know to, than you than a man finding pleasure in another man or a female finding pleasure. Like, see, this whoa, 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 whoa! You're 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 homophobic. You're transphobic. These words are stupid. There's no such thing as homophobic. That, that word should be stricken from the world. There's no such thing as homophobic. Pho- a, pho- listen, a phobia is a fear, right? So someone says, I mean, who, correct me if I'm wrong. Do you know anyone that's afraid of homosexuality? I don't. I'm not. But what I do speak on might be classified as homophobic because there's no other name for it and people don't want to say what it really is, which is a fear of God. Nobody wants to say, oh, yeah, he's Godophobic. He has a fear of how God was in the Old Testament where he would strike people down. You guys know where, where that term comes from, right? They have a, the fear of God. No one's afraid of God in the New Testament, right? Not to get too deep on y'all, but there's no reason to fear God if you, if you only read the New Testament. The real fear of God comes from reading committed sins and certain egregious sins in the Old Testament. That's where the, the real fear comes from. But when Jesus Christ died for our sins, we no longer have to fear that type of punishment. But that doesn't mean we don't know what it is. So, no, talking about homosexuality is not a phobia. It's just, hey, look, I, you know what I mean? This is how I feel based on my spiritual beliefs. But, you know, the whole, yeah, the, the sex styles, it's perverted. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. Nobody should do it. I get all that. But when I hear it, it's like, wait, you have a problem with sex dolls, but you got a dildo in your in your bottom sock drawer. <laughs> like, what, what you, what's the difference? You got a rabbit. You know what I mean? You, you don't have sex with an actual human doll. You have a, you have sex with a rabbit. You have a bullet that that, that you put on your your clitoris to stimulate you. But y'all mad at the men for having a, a, a sex doll. And it's like, yo. I mean, honestly, man, like I would rather I, like my son grows up and I found him with some 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 porn or or um, you know dirty magazines or whatever like that. I mean, yeah, we would have a little talk, but I'd be like, yeah, you know, what I mean, that's what's up, son. Like at least you're not a fruitcake. Like that's what's up. At least you you know we're we're good in that department. You're not out here, you know, with the booty bandits. 
You know, like I said, I'm old school. I will never conform to society's definition of what's right and what's wrong, what's okay and what's not okay. I will always defer to the Bible. That doesn't mean I'm personally perfect, but there is a right and a wrong, period. Some things are right and some things are wrong, period. There is no, oh, we're in 2018 versus 2004, so certain things that used to be wrong are now right. Or, nah, it's, it's always going to be wrong. You know, Wendy Williams encouraging Cassie to get pregnant by Diddy will always be wrong. You know what I'm saying? And she even said, and she even said in the audience, how many of y'all think that uh, Cassie doesn't need a ring to, uh, to, have, to be with Diddy and have kids? And the whole audience cheers. Like, yo, what, what kind of world are we living in? I saw on Beyonce's Instagram, she got some, she put some pictures up there talking about she, you know, in a church and with this, uh, you know, throwing up satanic and demonic hand symbols, Illuminati type of hand gestures that everybody knows what it is, devil horns and all types of stuff and wearing all black in the church with the the, the big hat that the uh, high priestess used to wear back in the day. Just, you know, all this stuff is, is just a mockery. And I study I study Satanism and satanic imagery, so I'm very familiar with, you know, what certain things look like. And, you know what I mean, this world is going to hell in a handbasket. You know, sex dolls, uh, dildos, transgender, you know what I mean, satanic uh, uh, literature in, in, the, in the school system, uh, curriculum. It's crazy. Let me get off that though. Y'all, y'all like, nah, nah. I want to hear more about this. The, the dildos and the sex. Nah, we're not doing that. You know what I mean? Um, Jill Scott. Shout out to Jill Scott who is on the new show Black Lightning. Jill Scott is, you know, a, a good actress, a surprisingly good actress. Um, she was in the news recently though. Her uh, ex-husband who many of you guys know I did a whole show, not a whole show, but I discussed her on a show many years ago when she first got with her husband. And I was just kind of saying it, it. I was a little surprised, like, I'm not sure how that's going to work out because she went, I saw an interview with her when she was talking about how she's still so hurt um, about her ex, the ex before him, and um, how she just had this guard up and, and talking about how they met and how they got together. She was kind of going on, and I'm, I'm like, eh. That sounds a lot like emotional unavailability. And, um, and, and, you know, we all know how those situations end. And I was like, I wasn't sure how to feel about that. Well, I, was, I knew how to feel about it. I knew it wasn't really going to end. So when I saw this, it was like I wasn't really surprised. But now they're saying that uh, he wants uh, $500 for pain and suffering, and he wants uh, half of all their assets. Well, now I don't know about this whole 500000 but you know, usually that's what you get. Like, if you're married, you you get half. Like, that's usually just how it goes. It doesn't matter unless you have a prenup and all that. If you're married and you, you know, get a divorce, I mean, that's generally speaking, you know, what happens. So everyone's like, you know, oh, he's not a man, this and that. He wants half of all of it. But, but if it was reversed, you know what I mean? If it was reversed, then what would it be? Nobody would really be saying it. If he was the, you know, the millionaire or, what, or the breadwinner or whatever, then it would be a whole different story. 
So, but you know, I wish you know Joe Joe Scott the best. I you know I don't have anything against her, you know, but at the end of the day, we have to start building relationships on a foundation of emotional availability. And if you you know are not familiar what that means, uh, definitely I cannot say enough. Every woman, listen. I don't care if you're married, if you're single, you need to get this new book I'm writing right now. Redefining Greatness, The Virtuous Woman. I mean, just look at the title. It's redefining everything that you, as you know it, dating, relationships, marriage, marriage preparation. Uh, it's, it's defining everything you knew, and we have to make it better. We have to make it great. That guy you dealt with back in the day, you thought he was great? No, we got to redefine that. You need to re- require better, require more. The Virtuous Woman's Guide to Love. What more could be said? If you are a virtuous woman, if you aspire to be a virtuous woman, this book is going to have everything you need to be found by the man that God has for you, period. There's nothing that's not in this book. And this isn't, you know, a shot at anybody else. I don't care what book you've read. You know, act like a lady. I don't care, none of that. <laughs> this, this will be the most, this may be the best book ever. I'm just going to put it out there. The best dating and relationship book, period, ever written. If you think I'm lying, get it, and you, you tell me, no, it's not. I will. I don't know what I'll do, but I, you know what I mean? I don't think I'll be getting too many of those calls. But look out for it in 2018. So real quick, congratulations to Mary J. Blige. Now, Mary J. Blige is known for singing. She has not necessarily been known for acting. Uh, so much, but uh, she is is a nominee for an Academy Award for her performance in Mudbound. Don't worry about it. I know most of you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but it's on Netflix. And um, I'm gonna check it out. In fact, it's funny. Me and my wife, we were like looking for something to watch a couple of weeks ago, and we were like, yeah, you know, should we check this out? But it was late. We we're like, no, we're gonna watch another time. But yeah, that's definitely on the on the list. Mudbound, check it out. But yeah, she's nominated. Hopefully, she wins. She probably will win. Um, but yeah, so there's that. I want to. The last thing I want to talk about today is uh, this this whole uh, friend zone thing. Many of you guys may remember a classic classic show I did maybe three or four years ago, and it was if you Google it, you know, friend zone and just type my name, and the show will definitely come up. Just type in that. And, and I, I think me and Courtney were in there doing it. And <clears throat> it was very good. It, it was very informative. And we live in a society where, ironically, nobody really wants to be in the quote-unquote friend zone, but everybody wants to have friends with benefits. Not everybody, but you know what I mean. That's just where we're at. We live in that type of society. And I want to say first and foremost, there's no such thing as a friend zone. There is no such thing as a friend zone. That it is you. It's two things. If you're in a friend zone, that means you are dealing with someone who does not really want to be your friend, but has some type of ulterior motives for you. Okay, it's like because understand, there's no such thing as a non-platonic. Listen to what I'm saying to you. There's no such thing as that. You know how it goes. Like, you may have somebody that you're cool with. You may have somebody that you flirt with. And say, like, oh, no, that's just my friend. 
not really your friend. That's sex waiting to happen. That's like one drink away from getting it in on a Friday night after work or or whatever the case is. So, you know, we have all these people, oh, yeah, he just, we're cool, I like him, I want a relationship with him, uh, but we're, you know, I'm in that friend zone. No, no, no. He just wants you for sex. You're not his friend. You know what I mean? You're someone that most likely is not high enough on the priority list to get the Friday night treatment or the Saturday night treatment, so he might he might make time for you on a Tuesday night. You want to be that Saturday night date. Everyone doesn't get that, so you're feeling some type of way. Cause, so you classify that as the friend zone. No, no, that's if somebody falls off or you do something special, something that arouses his interest, then maybe you may get to a different point. But that surely isn't a friend. You don't target your friends for sex. If you're a man, back in the day, I may have had you know three or four, five different women that I was maybe dealing with, but every one of those women didn't get the 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 special treatment. All those women certainly didn't get wined and dined or even phone conversations for that matter. So I'm sure maybe one of those women was like, "Oh, I'm in the friend zone." No, I wasn't their friend because in mo- in many of these cases, after the the sex the contact is over or it fades away, it dwindles away. Your friends don't fade away. Shout out to Osho. I was hanging out with Osho on uh, on uh, on this past Saturday. I've known Osho for 30 years. We've been friends for almost 30 years, you know, maybe you know, 25 years maybe. But that's, you know what I mean, like that's a friend. You know I mean? a, friend a friend doesn't fade away after an argument. A friend doesn't fade away after sex. So there is no friend zone with someone that, um, you know, isn't really your friend. What we see a lot of is a friends with benefit situation. How do you avoid that? Because I get that. The reason why I even want to talk about this is because I get that question. I say, hey, hey, Dana, what is this friend zone? I find myself getting... I people, you, I get the questions sent to me. Ask data on the Gmail, you know, and you can send your questions over. Maybe I'll talk about them in the show at some point. But they say, you know, how do I avoid that? I like they, you know, they don't. I like this guy, and you know, we work together, and uh, you know, I, it seems like he likes me, but he never asked me out. What do you think I should do? What am I doing wrong? I said, well, you're not doing anything wrong necessarily. It's just that he doesn't want you. I mean, it's not. You know what I mean? It's not rocket science. It's not like a, a big thing. He just doesn't want to be with you. He doesn't want to date you. I said, if anything, he might smash, but which, but that's okay. You see, and I think that's what we have to get back to. We have to get back to, to women and men understanding that every person that you encounter is not your future husband or your future wife. You know what I mean? It's okay to not be wanted by somebody. One of the things I talk about in my new book is um, rejection is God's form of protection in many cases, in most cases. You know, everyone is not for you. You know, so that so the answer that I would really give to this woman is, uh, and I'll give to all women, is the way to find love, the way to avoid the friend zone is to, one, stop giving your body to these men and start giving your heart to God. Because, I mean, like, you know, I'm not going to say 100% of the time, but 
you know, we often find uh, ourselves in these situations, in these states of confusion based on sex. You know, there's a whole chapter in my new book uh, on soul ties, you know, how to identify soul ties, how to break soul ties, you know. And so when you have this, this soul tie that's formed, you know, it, it, it gives you that, that sense of I can't let this person go. Or when, when it's obvious that they don't want me, I, I got to fight that. I got to make them want me. I got to wild out and do something crazy to get back at them to hurt him the way he's hurt me. And that's not natural. So the, and, the, and usually that happens after sex. So the way to avoid that is, is the one, obviously, eliminate the sex, but more importantly, to just give your heart to God and to um, have that relationship with God and, and that discernment from God. That, and that way you'll know exactly who's for you and who's not. You know, one of the things I say online is, you know, contrary to popular belief, contrary to social media, contrary to the uh, mainstream media, these, these fake relationship experts, these gurus. I say contrary to all that, the way to a man's heart isn't through his stomach you know, or through sex. So the only way to obtain a man's heart is, is through God. You know, the only, I, I always say, oh I say, rarely will you ever have to worry about being dogged. You know, there's a new chapter in my book called, or on the three stages of men, I talk about the dog stage, the player stage, the ready to settle down stage. Everyone, they throw this, they throw this term out. They say, you know, he dogged me. I said, what are you talking about? How did he dog you? I said, well, it sounds like what happened is that, you know, you went into it knowing what stage he was in, knowing that he was not there for a relationship. There have been people in my past who I have specifically told, I don't want a relationship. Or the, the 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 term I use was I'm not ready for a relationship, but that wasn't true. That was just, it. Just a, it was a, I did not want a relationship with that particular woman or those particular women for whatever reason. But you know, ask did we do some some other things? Did you know what I mean? And that's what, I think what where the problem lies is where women in many cases feel like they can change a man's uh, intentions towards them based on how fat their ass is, right? I mean, you know, let's keep it, let's keep it real. We're not going to, we're not, we're grown. We're not here to play games. We're not here to, you know, waste time. A lot of women are walking around here with fat asses, big breasts, slim waist, cute faces, thinking that they can sexually manipulate a man into doing what they want them to do. And the, and the true players, what I call the OG players, they are immune to that type of manipulation. There are only so many breasts you can see. There are only so many asses you can smack from the back before you say, you know what, I'm not really that, you know, it's okay, like it's cool, I'm not pressed. I'm not really, you know, and whereas you have, these 40- and 45-year-old women, 50-year-old women walking around with their boobs out. I'm like, yo, like, that's not doing anything. You, can't, you know what I mean? They're wearing these tights, you know, with nothing covering the ass. It's like, you know, out here trying to attract a man, entice a man. I'm like, yo, well, you're, 
that's not sexy. Nobody is trying to see some saggy fifty year old boots. Now, that's not to say let me let me I don't want to get in trouble. I, don't, I mean actually I don't care about getting in trouble, but you know what I mean. I'm not I'm not saying you cannot be sexy at forty. You cannot be sexy at 50. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that if your mentality is to use your body to attract the attention of a man, the time to do that is not at fifty years old. The time to do that is not at 40, even at 40 years old. There are 20-year-old women walking around here, 25, 30-year-old. Like, that's, let, them, let them have that. The way you're going to attract a man, the way you're going to keep a man is going to be with your personality, your level of respectability, and your emotional availability. Those are the things that men looking for wives are going to find to be most important. Anyway, think about it. anybody who's 50 years old, 45 years old, he's had tons of sex, whether he lies to you and acts like he hasn't or not. You know, it doesn't matter. He's had tons of sex. So you doing certain things in the bedroom that you think are going to be uh, different from the, the, the things the 22-year-old chicken college did, it's not. Okay? You, you got to really focus on, you know, his heart, um, his his emotions and what you know you can do to captivate him in those areas. One thing you know, going back to the whole Malia situation, one of the things I said online is that great, truly great fathers are going to teach their daughters to respect their body and to not be anyone's friend with benefits, and that's how you get out of the. Ironically, how you get out of the friend zone or not get put there to begin with. Listen, you can never be a friend with benefits. I'm not going to say never, but I've never seen it. I've never seen, and I've seen thousands of situations. You guys know that, thousands. I've never seen a situation start out with a man looking at a woman in a purely sexual manner, using her for sex and her flaunting her body and acting like she's this sex goddess and then that, you know, somehow magically morphed into everlasting love, monogamous love and commitment. I've never seen that. The reason for that is because it's unnatural. That's not how men operate. We don't go from looking at you in, in a sexual, a purely sexual manner, and then all of a sudden looking at you as our future wife. That doesn't happen. Now, Oh, you say, well, no, 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 hold on, Dana, wait a minute, hold on, uh-uh. My girlfriend's cousin's baby mom and this and that, they told me that she met her her husband, and it started out, they was just F buddies, and now they've been married for two years. Oh, I've heard of those situations, but I also hear the, the addendum to those situations, the aftermath to those situations where, um, yeah, I found out he was cheating. No, I found out he had another baby on the side. You know what I mean? It's and, and it's like, you see how that goes. You know what I mean? You, you oh, well, What about D-Wade and Gabrielle Union, Daydon? What about Jay-Z and Beyonce, Daydon? Oh, no, that's what I heard, you know, five to ten years ago. I've been listening to your show, and you say this and that. You can't be a woman out here floating their body, and you talk. You always talking about Beyonce and women who, 
who like Beyonce, how they going to be single? Well, what about Beyonce? What about what about these other women? What about her? I said, well, you know, check back with me. You know, last year there was an album that came out entitled 444. On that album, Jay-Z is revealing how he uh how he cheated on Beyonce on on Lemonade and check out that show I did on Lemonade and, and Becky with the good hair. They're a whole two out two part special. But that's what happens. I mean you I mean you guys know me. You guys know I've been talking about Beyonce and Jay Z for literally ten years. And all those people say, Oh, you they want to fight me and fight me and this and that. But now everything that I said, that's what happens. Either you'll be single or you will be with someone getting cheated on. Ironically, most I don't know, but most likely Jay-Z and D-Wade and whoever else, they're probably sleeping with women who are nothing like their freaky, you know, significant others. Nobody, because the re- nobody wants that really. That's a fantasy. That is a fantasy to you know, be with someone who can rock your world sexually and do all this and surfboard and, and, and you know, I mean, all that other crap. But, yeah, and, and every man, listen, every man, I don't care who he is, most likely will partake in that at some point. Whether it's, you know, in college, whether it's in their bachelor days, that, like at some point every man will experience that. You better hope to God that he doesn't, he's, he has experienced that, because in many cases, he will, if not, he will experience it while he's with you. You know, ask Carmelo Anthony, he's smashing off the stripper. So, you know what I'm saying? It, you don't want to be that. You want to be classy. A man will never wipe up a hoe. A lot, there's, there's this term out here that says, hoes be winning. I don't know where that came from. Hoes be winning. What is that? Hoes, winning what? They're definitely not winning God's approval, and they're darn sure not winning the hearts of these men. They may be winning the bank accounts. They may be winning, you know, convenience to be some type of uh, concubine, if you will. But as far as winning anything of substance, winning a man's heart, you cannot win a man's heart with sex. Why do you think that the divorce rate is, is so high? Why do you think the percentage of unmarried African-American women is so high? There are women out here stripping, you know, having sex for 50 bucks, 100 bucks. And, and that's people you wouldn't even believe. That's corporate America women. That's, you know, uh, hairdressers. That's a lot of these women that you see every day. But in many cases, they out sliding down the pole going to nine, their nine-to-five job in another city. These women live in New York and come to Philly to strip. They live in Philly. They go to New York to strip on the weekends. You know, and if they're not stripping a lot, I'm just saying, listen, a lot of these women out here say, you know, there are no good men out here. Everybody either wants to be in the friend zone or they want to, you know, just have sex, this and that. They say, you know, but the reality is how many women are actually celibate? A lot of women will point the finger at these men and what's out here and what's not out here, but they will not look in that mirror at what they're doing 
to explain their circumstances. What am I talking about? For example, a lot of women will say, all right, well, let's say you have a 30-year-old woman. Say, how long have you been single? Well, I've been single for three or four years now, and I'm just, you know, looking for love. I'm on Match.com. I'm on eHarmony. You know, I'm on Plenty of Fish. But, you know, these men aren't about anything. I want a good godly man a church, a man in church, but it's, none of those guys are out there. Either they're gay or they're in jail. And I'm a professional woman. I work, just bought a house, drive a nice car. And I just don't understand it. They, I, I can't understand, you know, where are all these good black men, these eligible black men? I don't know what it is. What am I doing wrong? I said, okay. I said, well, well you, tell me about yourself. You said you've been single for four years. Okay, cool. I said, so what's going on? Like, how long have you been single? Anyway, I just told you, four years. No, no, no. How, excuse me. How long have you been celibate? <laughs> I said, what would you do? They did that laughing. Laughing? What's that about? Ha, ha, ha. What you mean? I said, how long have you been celibate? Well, I'm not really celibate. You know, what, what do you mean by not really celibate? Either you are or you are. Well, I have a, I have a little friend. I got a friend. Okay. Now, now we're getting somewhere. Tell me about this friend. Well, you know, just somebody I, you know, I, I used to, we used to date in college, you know, we, you know, just kind of hooked up in college and over the course of the last, you know, tw- 10 years or what, I just kind of have sex on and off. N- nothing, nothing major like, but if, but I never cheat. Like if I'm in a relationship, I'll tell him I'm in a relationship and he'll fall back and I won't even call him. But then when we break up, we just really, you know, we, we reconnect. And so it's just been like that. But I don't see anything wrong with that because if I'm single, what's the big deal? I'll tell you all what the big deal is, but understand, that scenario is literally the scenario of the vast majority of single, successful black women out here. And that's not, that's not you know, a shot. That's really society as a whole. But since we're talking about African-American uh, women in the African-American community, we have to look at the real problem. The problem is not being placed into the friend zone. The problem is, why should I make you my wife? Because there's only two ways, right? There's only the friend zone or there's marriage. It's not, you know, no one really wants any new friends. You don't meet somebody in a club or at a lounge. You're like, oh, yeah, you seem really cool. I'm gonna, I want to be your friend. Like, come on, nobody's making new friends at 34 years old. It's like, look, when are we going to have sex? Like, other than that, there's nothing else to talk about. Y'all know how it goes. But the problem with it is when you're having sex with someone else, that 100% disqualifies you for love, from love. There's not a, listen, this is very important. There's not a man on the planet, ladies, who is going to take you seriously as long as you're dating other men and as long as you're having sex with other men or another man. He said, what do you mean by that, Dayton? What do you? Why is that? Well, he doesn't know. I don't tell him. Listen, ladies, you got to read the new book, Redefining Greatness, because there's a whole chapter on that. Men absolutely know when you're having sex with, it, with, with someone else. Men know if I take you out, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's so many different ways, and women want to focus on all the ways so they can try to cheat the system. You ever see Final Destination? Like, you can't cheat death. You know what I mean? They couldn't cheat no matter what they did. You know what I mean? They tried, but it never worked. And that's the same thing with this dating stuff. It doesn't matter what you do. If you got that stench of another man's you know, on you, I was going to say something else, but I won't. 
You know what I mean? If you have that stench, it, it will be picked up upon. And it will be this type of situation where either he will have sex with you or he'll just leave you alone altogether. But what won't happen is you will never have a man competing for your heart. A man might compete for your body. A man will, might, might even compete for that ass with another man, but he will not compete for your heart. The moment he sees that your heart is 75%, 85%, you know, it doesn't matter what the percentage is, any man I know wants 100% of a woman's heart or he'll get 100% of that ass. But he will not have both. Okay? So you really have to, it's so important to be available emotionally. You have to cut off the exes. You have to cut off the sex buddies, the Friday night jump-offs. Back in the day, there were women that, that, you know, I used to have sex with. You know, and like I, and the funny thing is, I, I have been that guy. You know, like I used to have an ex that I would sleep with. You know, I used to, uh, like, be that guy. Like, she's like, well, I'm like, what's up? What you getting into tonight? And you coming to see me? No, I'm not coming to see you. They don't. Oh, okay, cool. You don't want to know why? Uh, I mean, not really. But I mean, if you want to tell me, what, what's going on? Well, I'm going on a date tonight. Oh, like, you know what I mean? Like, I care or something. Like, that's what's up. Cool. Have a good time. Oh, you don't care? Uh, I mean, not really. But, no, I mean, come see me afterwards. Okay, where are you going tonight? Uh, I mean, I'll probably just be chilling. You know what I mean? Just hit me up. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Let me warn your girlfriends, huh? I don't know. We'll see. And what do you think happened after her date? Ring, 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 ring. And so my point being... Nobody wants to be that guy. The guy that she was on a date with probably had no idea what, what she was doing after he dropped her off. And so, you know what I mean? Like, who wants to be that guy? So when you've been on the opposite end of that, which most men have, you, you, you govern yourself accordingly. The moment you see any signs of, of that, you know, it's a wrap. You immediately get put into the jump-off category. And, you know, we could be politically correct and call it the friend zone, but, and that's just me being politically correct, but there is no, that's why, that's why I thought of it, there is no friend zone. It's your jump off. You know what I mean? That's what we really need to understand. And no one, no woman should want to be a jump off. You got to have some respect for yourself. We live in a society where back in the day, it was, it, you know, women knew what it was, like, no, nah, I'm not going to be your Friday night freak. You're going to respect me. You're going to take me out. That's what it was back in the day. But then Beyonce came out with a particular song called Independent Woman. You know, just come on over. I forget the lyrics, but come whenever when we're done, please get up and leave, this and that. You know what I'm saying? Bills, bills, all that crap. And you know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's what changed a lot of that. That's where, that's where you really saw women in their minds feeling like, oh, it's okay to be a jumper. It's okay to be an independent woman and that pay my own bills and to do this and that, but just have a man come over to please me for sexual purposes and then get up and leave. Beyonce said that's okay, and it's okay. And, and when, she, when she got married, for many women, that validated everything, that all the ridiculous songs and 
ways of thinking that she's been saying the last, you know, however many years when she got married, didn't matter if you, she got married to a known Satanist and an overall weirdo like Jay-Z, but it, it, it confirmed like, wow, I can have everything that I want. I can be that jump off. I can, and then eventually get married when I meet that special someone. And a lot of women, <clears throat> they erroneously believe that once they, you know, meet that special guy, then they cut off that other guy. They cut off the ex. They cut off the, the, the jump off. I shouldn't, you know, women are the jump off. You know what I mean? Like, that's another thing. They're like, oh, I, I have a jump off. No, no, you don't have a jump off. Like, you are the jump off. But that's a whole other conversation. And so I think once we just have to get away from believing uh, the lies that the media and that society has been putting forth. Another thing that I, I uh, you know, is, is I talk about <clears throat> in the new book as far as how to avoid that cycle is to stop being desperate. And I'm not saying that like in a, in a negative way or like in a demeaning way or anything, but the reality is, is that many women are in fact desperate. Many women um, cry themselves to sleep at night. Many women uh, pray for love, but uh, end up that same night praying for love, getting smashed off by somebody who doesn't give a damn about them. And, and that cycle comes from desperation. I mean, where else could it come from? And so what I'm saying is, what I tell women is that if, you, if you're dealing with somebody and you feel like you have to ask them, you know, where is this relationship going? You know, what are we doing here? I actually had that happen. Like, I was having an intimate moment with this young woman. And, uh, like, literally she busts out in tears. I'm like, yo, what the heck? She's like, no, what, what, are, what is this? They don't, no, 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 don't touch me. What is this? What are we doing here? I'm like, yo, I'm trying to bust a nut. <laughs> I mean, what, what you mean? What are we doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> And I'm just asking her, like, yo, you're tripping. She's like, no, I just need to know, like, what are we now? Are we are we together? I'm like, yo, like, chill. And so that's what we're seeing. <laughs> and, you, and you have to stop that. You cannot, don't, ladies, you got to stop giving the power to these men. Because if you if you leave it up to him to say this is what we're doing, uh, or, or this is what's going to happen this weekend, you know, or, or this is where this situation, then, you know, it's not going to go anywhere. I mean, I hate to be cliche, but, you know, men are not going to buy the cow if they're getting the milk for free. I mean, you know what I mean? There's a reason that saying has been around forever because it's so true. If you're letting a man smash once a week, if you're letting a man, like I got a buddy, you know, he likes, he, you know, meets these women, these freak chicks. And they're not even real women. They're just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Shout out to my man Thomas. I'm looking on the, uh, Facebook Live. He said 100% of that booty shopping. Yeah, I mean, it, it's real, though. That's how it is. You know what I'm saying? But the reality is he takes these women out. He gives, these, he gives, himself, he gives them and himself false hope. You know what I'm saying? Because he's ta- he wants these women for sex. This dude is a sex fiend. He just wants nothing but sex, but because he doesn't, I don't know if he's afraid to just come out and be like, look, I want sex or what. 
he's taking these women out on dates. He's going out with them. And then, but at the same time, he wants his sex. So I'm like, wait, why are you taking these women out? He's like, nah, you know what I mean? I just want to, I don't want to be, I don't want to be drunk. We say drawing here in Philly. I don't want to be drawing. You know, have him come over to the crib. I'm like, why not? Like, that's what they want. You know what I mean? A lot of these women, that's what they want. They're allowing themselves to be put into this, this jump-off category out of desperation, out of low self-esteem, insecurity, jealousy. And, and note these, like I told you earlier, great fathers are supposed to be there teaching their daughters to respect their body and to not be anyone's friend with benefits. I told you guys before, I'm in one of the, well, a lot of these sex groups. Like the advice you guys see on my timeline, I put a lot of this stuff out there uh, in a lot of these, you know, these worldly secular groups, you know, and they attack. I love it. I want like, to, like, when people attack me and, and, and you know, uh, say different things, like, based on some of this stuff, I, I don't, I hope people don't think I care. I, I really don't. It's social media. I don't care about any of that. That doesn't hurt my feelings, none of that. Um, but it's important to understand that if if you're living a certain type of lifestyle and certain things that are said bother you, that that's cause for self-reflection. You know, a lot of these women aren't aren't growing up with loving fathers and grandfathers to tell them like, yo, you're better than that. You know, go go back upstairs. You're not going out the house looking like that. I, I literally, I swear to you. This is a, this is almost brought tears to mind. I drop my daughter off every morning. A lot of, I, I do the drop off. That's the name of the videos that I uh, that I do sometimes. Right after I drop my daughter off, my son off, and I drop my daughter off. Then sometimes on the way home, I do a little video. I title it the drop off. And I was actually driving home, and I I saw this. She had to be my daughter's age. My daughter's six. Now she might have been a little older. She might have been like eight or nine. I swear to you, she had on boots that went up past her knees. They went damn near all the way up her side. I I, I was just, it, it was so disheartening. You know, like I said earlier, I, see, I hear women, I see, I see little girls singing these songs, singing Beyonce, Freakum Dress, and um, Cardi B, you know, Nicki Minaj, like all this, these lyrics talking about he, he uh, Monica lewinsky all on my, on my blouse. Like, you know, this stuff is, and you now you got little girls dressing like strippers. I've been to my fair share of uh, gentlemen's clubs in my life. And what any man, see, a lot, see, a lot of women debate this stuff because they're not aware of what's really going on out here from a male perspective. But I got to tell you guys, I've literally seen strippers, okay, at, at gentlemen, like actual dancers with more class than some of these women out here. I mean, and, 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 I mean, and I'm talking about, like, women out here, like, working women, like, the women out here complaining that there are no men. I know actual dancers with, well, not know, but, you know, have experienced and seen actual strippers with more class than some of these women out here complaining why they can't find them. I mean, you got women cursing and, 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 you know, wearing their breasts out or, you know, ass out, this and that. And you got strippers that are more covered up than they are. It's crazy. And then they wonder, they say, well, why, why won't he commit to me? Why does he only want me for sex? 
Well, because you keep having sex with him. And there's no one. Point to me somebody else there other than myself consistently over the last 12 years that has been telling and encouraging African-American women to keep their legs closed and respect and cherish their bodies. Point to one person. Anybody. I mean, I'll wait, I can wait all day. Like, you know what I mean? Like, literally, there is nobody out here telling black women to respect themselves. Not white women, not Asian women, but specifically our women. Hey, you're worth more than that. That man doesn't deserve your vagina. There's, matter of fact, there's more, more truth in just, forget the books, forget everything. There's more truth in this show alone than there has been over the last 10 years in the African-American community. And what are we going to do about it? So that's the, the second thing. We have to stop being desperate. Okay? The, the, the next thing and the last thing is, it, it, you know, a lot of men will say, you know, I, I see a lot of beautiful women, but their mind isn't right. Their personality isn't right. That, that mentality is jacked. And one of the things that I, I said online a few weeks ago is, and, and listen real quick, there's a whole chapter on exactly what the best personality and mentality looks like in my new book, Redefining Greatness. So I'm just telling you, like, everything you've ever heard me say is in this new book. But the mentality and the personality must be right. If I said uh, the best women are not concerned with what a man can get her, they're more concerned with what they can get together. And we've got away from that. We've got away from women, you know, with that mentality, like, build this together. We could build an empire. We could amass a fortune together. We see it in that. But instead, now we see women talking about where he can take me or what can, what can he buy me? What kind of job do you have? What kind of car do you have? You know, uh, wh- wh- what, who do you know? What circles are you in? And that is not, those are not the, that should not be the criteria for how to build a future with someone. Those things don't matter. Your master's degree, your, your, your uh, doctorate, the house you just bought, none of those things matter, ladies. The, the job that he works at the end of the day really doesn't matter. I've had women say, I can't date him unless he makes six figures. I can't date him unless he drives a Mercedes or a BMW. I said, not even a Jaguar? Uh, I don't know about Jaguar. No, it's got to be a Benz or a I'm Literally, I've heard women say that. They've actually said that. I said, well, wh- why, what do you mean by that? Why does that matter? They say, well, because I grew up a certain type of way, and, you know, I need to know that I'll be taken care of when I'm when I'm uh when I'm older. And even now I need to I have kids, I have a child, I need to know I'm tired of doing it by myself. I'm tired of scraping. I need to know that he can protect me. And and that mentality doesn't come from your future. That mentality comes from a, a not so good past. A not so good past with usually not having a father around, not having a grandfather around, not being loved, maybe being molested, you know, maybe someone touched. And that's that's another thing that 
the African American community really does a poor job of is, is sexual abuse. You look around, you see these white women. They will, or, I mean, really, white women are speaking up, right? White women, white men will protect. In many cases, they're women. Like you look at this whole Me Too movement. You look at these. You know what I'm saying? That's like a white thing. How many of those Me Too people are black? But you know what I'm saying? When you see someone in your family being molested or being touched inappropriately, we we have been taught in the black community to keep that private, to keep that silent. You know how I I personally, over the last 12 years, have counseled literally hundreds of women that have been raped or molested or abused in some way. That's just me personally. Hundreds. Shout out to all of them who are, who are achieving or have achieved healing. But that's just me personally. So you can just imagine how many African-American women around the country are, have been molested, raped, abused. You know, uh, and, and we need to do a better job of looking at, well, first of all, we need to do a better job of talking about it. Okay, we need to do a better job of talking about it in the media. Um, but aside from that, we need to do a better job of protecting our women. The only way these young girls, in, in most cases, are abused and molested and raped is because the fathers are absent. They say, well, then are you blaming the women? I say, no, I'm not blaming the women. If anything, I'm blaming the men. I'm blaming these men who are not really men because they're not, they're not taking care of their responsibilities. They're not protecting these little girls. And we got to do a better job as men to protect these women at, at 18 years old when they're lifting up their dresses, showing ass on camera. We got to do a better job of reaching them that really before then so that you don't see it at 18 and that they're not affected by it at 45. Because that's really what's going on. You know what I mean? It, this stuff, you don't see an 18-year-old showing ass if they were properly protected and loved at, at six, at seven years old. You don't. You don't see that, you know. And so I'm doing everything I can now. Like I said, my daughter is six, you know. And and, and that's another like. If I, I'll talk about my, but don't ask me no questions about my kids. Like you know what I mean. Like I'll talk about it. You guys know me. I'm very transparent. But don't in the midst of a, 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 a argument or a debate. Oh well, how do you have kids? They die. Do you have a daughter? Some chick was like, Oh, what what age did your grandmom have your mom? I'm like, What? I said, yeah, you better get out of here with all that. I mean, that's not really what I wanted to say, but that's what I'll say here. But don't ask me no questions like that. But aside from that, we as men need to do a better job of protecting our women. One last thing I'm looking here, and this, like I said, we, we, we glorify the wrong thing. I was watching the Housewives. We were Housewives of Atlanta. And this was crazy. I was watching, uh, and we talk about emotional availability, emotional unavailability. I was watching uh, Cynthia, and uh, she was on the show. I forget who she was talking to on there, but she was talking about how she still loves Peter, um, and, you know, she'll always love him. And he came to Atlanta, or she, she went down there, I think. I forget which one it was. And basically they were talking about having sex. She was talking about, you know, yeah, I might give him some or he still looks good and this and that. And she basically flirting with each other. And, and they even took a trip together. And it's like, but now you're dating this other dude. 
if you guys follow it, she's dating another guy, but she's talking about how she still loves Peter and even contemplating still giving him sex and talking about how she just had sex with some dude she was dating out in L.A. And she's a 50-year-old woman. And so you really got to ask yourselves, ladies, like, who in their right freaking mind, I mean, what man in their right mind would date Cynthia Bailey? I mean, and that's not that's not anything against Cynthia Bailey, because ironically, she's probably one of the more level-headed people on the show, which really isn't saying much. But who would really take her seriously? No one. If you if you basically say, "Hey, I have this marriage," this, this everyone knows I was married to Peter Thomas. You know, I still do business with him. I'm sitting here contemplating having sex with him. We're flirting on camera. You know what I mean? I'm I'm you know I'm international model. You know, so I'm gonna invest in you. Why? I mean, really, why? Now a lot of women will say, "Well, that shouldn't be." You know, her career shouldn't shouldn't this and that. But a lot of women don't understand. It's not about what should or what shouldn't happen. It's about what's going to happen. Why would a man choose you? There's a chapter in my book on why he should choose you or why he won't choose you, depending on the situation. And the problem with it is a lot of women are walking around thinking they're great women, but not understanding they're not doing anything to differentiate themselves from the, from the rest of these women out here. What is Cynthia doing to show herself worthy of a ring? You know what I mean? What, what is Portia Williams doing to say, this is why I should be, you know, your wife? Nothing. You know, showing ass on camera, twerking. You know, these are not things that men look for in a wife. Now, a lot of that type of stuff might be, depending on what stage a man is in, might be considered sexy, might, you know, be nice for, you know, a night in the bedroom. But outside of that, there's not a lot going on. You know, you have to, if you notice, everything I'm talking about is three things, three categories, the, the mentality and personality, the, you got to respect yourself, and you got to be emotionally available. You got to be have a heart that's open to loving and being loved. You know, one of the things I've said online over the years is, uh, you know, some of the most successful and educated, business-minded women are often the most promiscuous and emotionally damaged. You know, many of the most successful and influential men are some of the most predatory, egotistical, and downright evil men around. I said, so when seeking a mate, never allow outward appearances and false representations cloud your spiritual discernment for who God ultimately has for you. And that's really, at the end of the day, the best advice I know how to give because, you know, it, it's, 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 a, it's the word I'm looking for. It, it's this society, it's like a battlefield, you know, a minefield. Everywhere you go, you got to be careful because you're going to step. Nobody wants to get blown up. Nobody wants to get blown to smithereens. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it's, it's hoes over here, it's pimps over here, it's, it's players over there, it's, it's strippers over there. Like, on both sides, the dating pool has become very convoluted, very murky, you know? And so, you have to be that much more careful about who you deal with. 
You know, and the only one, the only way to do that is one, put God first, but then two, you have to be the best possible woman. You know, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I'm not to keep talking about it, uh, but I, I'm so excited about this new project, redefining greatness, because like I said, it, it, like I told y'all last week, I break the book up into two parts. The entire first half of the book is about women. It's about what to do to heal from past hurt, pain, and resentment. It's about how to love yourself, how to deal with the lies of the enemy, things that you've been, you know what I'm saying, soul ties, things of that, that sort. But in the whole second part of the book is nothing about, it's all about men. You know what I mean? It's about who, how to understand us. So it's like once you heal yourself, once you fix yourself, once you redefine what it means to be a, a great virtuous woman, then you can start the process of really understanding why men cheat. You can start the process of understanding the three stages we go through. What is a true man of God? Like, what, what does that even mean? What does that look like? So that's what you can expect a little bit later in the year. Uh, look out for that. I'm going I'm to get ready to wrap it up, guys. You're not going to have me talking here all day, but I do appreciate you all for listening. Um, I appreciate you guys for making the Dayton Talbert Show one of the very first the very first, and I may even have been the first, I don't know, like, but the very first um, that I know of, uh, uh, you know, Internet-based talk show that's specifically for us in our community. There were, when I started this, I did not, there were no podcasts, there was no breakfast club, there was no Mike Basin, there was none of that. You know, there was no one doing what I do. And, you know, and so I thank you all for being around, for sticking around for so long. I'm going to continue doing this um, every Thursday, 12 o'clock uh, at noon. You guys can always listen on iTunes, free download, uh, share the link. I, I'm experimenting with different platforms like this Facebook Live. I may find a way, my way over to Instagram Live and try to grow and, and, you know what I mean? and spread the word uh, differently. So, uh, guys, again, right now, before you log off, go on Kindle, type in The Love We Had, which is my very first novel. Order it right now, two ninety nine on Kindle. I appreciate the support. Follow me on Facebook, uh, uh, Instagram. Everything is at Dadon Tolbert. Subscribe on YouTube for videos at Ask Dadon on YouTube. And um, add yourselves to the Friends of the Dadon Tolbert Show group. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you for listening, and I will see you next week.
Motivation, child, I did. I'm told I'm motivating you, girl. 